Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. Gift from Heaven by Bertel L. Gilroth You pray night and day, but it doesn't do any good, Aga remarked as his mother rose from her knees. The Lord doesn't notice us way up here in the mountains. Aga Holgerson, his mother reproved, God sees every little bird that falls. He will care for us, never fear. You must have faith. Little Gustava sidled up and laid her head in her mother's lap. Aga wheeled around and strode out of the room. He could not bear to see the distress of his two younger brothers and his two small sisters. He could take it. He was older. But still, his stomach rebelled at the thought of another mouthful of dried fish. Aga remembered the happy day when they had left their old house in the valley to make a home of their own in the mountains. With a few goats and all the necessities they could carry on their backs, they had made their way on foot up the mountains where father had obtained 800 R, 20 acres, of virgin land from the Swedish government. The long trek had not been easy, but the labor of clearing land, erecting a house, and breaking the stubborn rocky soil had been even harder. Aga well remembered the blisters on his hands after he and his father had finished the field for clover. Mother and the younger boys had worked without complaint on the garden plot, thinking of the potatoes, carrots, and rutabagas it would produce. And in spite of the many tasks, Mother always took a few minutes each day to open the family Bible and read to her family. This was a wild free country, and the new home was theirs. They were blessed with fine crops. A beautiful lake supplied them with fish, and the woods yielded nuts and berries in abundance. Then tragedy struck. Father was stricken with yellow fever and died a few days later. The family valiantly carried on, but Aga was bitter. Why did God let Father die? Surely he must have forsaken them. Now here they were, struggling to survive the harshest winter Sweden had ever known. Blizzards and below-zero temperatures had come upon them before all the crops were harvested. Never had snow fallen so early in the season, nor the lake frozen over so soon. In next to no time, a foot of snow covered the garden, and before Mother and the children could find more than a few baskets of potatoes and carrots, a terrible blizzard drove them into the house. From then on, it snowed every day. Mother rationed the vegetables and used more goat milk and cheese. When the skies finally cleared, the temperature dropped even lower. Aga and Leif desperately tried to dig through to the garden, but they were forced to give up. The soil was hard as a rock. Aga put on his ski boots and walked into the kitchen. Mother, I am going to the lake. I might be able to cut a small hole through the ice and catch a fish. Wouldn't a fresh trout taste fine? I'm so tired of eating dried fish. Mother put her arms about her eldest son and drew his head close to hers. The dried fish are gone, she whispered. He stared at her in dismay. What will we live on? Shh, Mother warned. Don't let the others hear. Aga beckoned to Leif, his eleven-year-old brother. Get your ski boots. We're going fishing. Leif looked at Aga as though convinced that his brother had lost his mind. But at Aga's frown, he obeyed, and the two boys, equipped with knives, hooks, and line, skied to the lake. With considerable effort, they managed to hack through to the water, but the fish, unlike the boys, were not hungry, and the two boys went home discouraged. They stopped at the goat shed and tore open a bundle of clover and wild grass hay for Svartgetten, the black goat, and Vitgetten, 
the white goat. Both goats were thin and gave but little milk. The children missed the rich cheese mother used to make when the goats had provided more milk. No fish, mother, Aga reported as the two boys entered the house. I was afraid so, mother said with a sigh. You tried your best, and that is all anyone can do, except pray. Aga sniffed rudely. I guess we'll have to eat potatoes without fish, Leif said, trying to sound cheerful. But mother's stricken look told Aga that the last potato had been used. He motioned to Mother and led her out to the goat shed. The time has come, August said. We must kill either Zwartgetten or Wittgetten. Leif and Gustavo will cry for their pets, but it is better for them to cry than to starve. We shall not starve, my son. God will care for us, Mother said. Aga did not argue, but he was thinking that if God did not intervene soon, he wouldn't need to. It would be too late. The pale, pinched faces of Gustavo and little Greta worried him. John was so weak from hunger that he didn't care what happened around him. Leif was hardier, but Mother looked so thin and worn that Aga was sure she ate barely enough to sustain life in order to give her children a few more bites. Which one, he asked, pointing to the goats. No, no, Aga, Mother said. We must have their milk. The little ones need it. We have two measures of flour left. With that and the milk and some water, I can make gruel that will keep us alive until God sends help. Fourteen-year-old Aga straightened his shoulders and held his head high. I am a man now, he said. Give me some money, and I will go to the valley for supplies. Mother's eyes brimmed full. We have one krona, twenty-six cents in the house. The long trip to town would not be worth it. Wait, Aga. We must trust God and not complain so long as he makes the flower last. You are thinking about the story of Elijah and the woman who cooked the last of her meal for him, Aga said. Yes, son, God provided her with flour. In like manner, he will provide for us. Mother, I don't understand how you can believe that when we are all starving. You pray and pray, and instead of getting food, we are running out of everything. I tell you, praying doesn't do any good. Maybe God is angry with us for something. No, no, Aga, mother soothed. God is not angry with us, and he will not let us starve. Somehow, he will keep us through this terrible winter. I am sure he will. That night, Mother prayed beside her bed. She did not get up from her knees until morning. At breakfast time, Gustava and Greta licked their bowls for the last precious drops of gruel. Mother stood by the window, shielding her eyes against the sun's glare on the wet snow. She saw an unfamiliar object far out on the white field. What was that thing flapping in the wind? It seemed to be anchored to the ground, yet it waved back and forth incessantly. It was not a weed. All plant life had been covered long ago. Aga, come here, Mother said. What is that? Aga stared. The strange thing waved like a beckoning hand. Leif crowded between his mother and brother and gazed intently at the mysterious object. It looks like a letter, he said. A big brown letter. Doesn't it, Aga? Aga had to agree. But how could a letter possibly have gotten out there? Maybe it came from heaven, Leif suggested. Mother closed her eyes, and her lips moved silently. Then she cried, Go! Go! Aga and Leif rushed out the door and plunged into the newly fallen snow without thinking of boots. Leif sank to his waist, but the taller Aga struggled ahead. Go back, Leif, he commanded. It's too deep for you. Leif was too excited to obey. He lunged on weakly in his brother's broken trail. Aga soon reached the object. It was a letter, a long brown envelope, anyway. It was sealed, 
but there was no address on it. The boys made their way to the house as fast as they could. They scarcely felt their cold feet. Mother opened the envelope with trembling fingers. She gasped. Inside was fifty kroner, thirteen dollars forty cents, enough money in those days to buy all the supplies two boys could carry. Where the money came from is a mystery that has not been solved to this day. Possibly the wind carried it from a long distance, but Mother and Age both know that God's hand guided it and caused it to fall where it did, right in their backyard, in sight of the window. I will never doubt again, Mother, Aga promised. I believe it now. God does see us far up here in the mountains. He hears you when you pray. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.